Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. Yeah, as Brianne said, and as we've been announcing for a couple of weeks, um, today today and tomorrow is all about next steps, or excuse me, today and next Sunday is all about next steps. Um, And this is a class that our church began offering at the beginning of the year. And we, we were seeing some wonderful momentum with it. And then all of a sudden, this ridiculous COVID thing decided to happen. And um, so we had to push the pause button. How many of y'all hate COVID? Can we, it's just, I hate COVID. Amen. The devil is a liar. Amen. And Jesus is Lord. Um, and so, you know, we, we had to hit the pause button on our class, on our Next Steps class, which was really something that we were very excited about having and offering to everyone. And so we were, we were bummed to have to cancel it. But here we are, um, and we, we had been talking as a leadership team and said, you know, I think it's important for us to, to start to offer next steps again. And I thought, well, why not just kick it off by taking the whole church through next steps all at one time? So uh, rather than taking a two-session class in the evenings on Sunday, for today and next week, you all get to go through it together. And um, Brianne and I are going to get we're going to do that together. We don't, we don't normally do this where we preach and share the word with each other. So um, this is kind of fun for me. I hope it's fun for y'all. But um, let me just share with you a quick, two, two quick scriptures, and, and then we'll pray. These, these verses came up in my heart really, really strongly uh, this morning because, you know, as we talk about taking next steps in the kingdom of God, and we talk about connection to the local church. A lot of what we're going to talk about is connecting to the local church. And um, as we do that, it's important to keep in mind that Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Um, and so these two verses came up very strongly in my heart this morning during prayer time. Um, it's Micah chapter 4. And it says, now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills. Many nations shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. Micah was prophesying about the building of the house of the Lord. And then, check this verse out in Hebrews chapter 3. My wife's probably nervous because I called an audible and I'm reading scriptures instead of sticking to the notes for for just a second here. You do what you want. You're the pastor. That's right, yeah. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. So, So what did Micah just say? He was prophesying about the building of the house of the Lord. Now watch what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3. Speaking of Moses and Jesus, it says, And Moses indeed was faithful in all of his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken of afterward. Watch this, verse verse 6. But Christ is a son over his own house whose house we are. 
if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. I want you to understand that whether you go to church here, if you're watching us online and you, you're, you attend another church, uh, if you're part of a local church, you are part of the building of God's house because you are God's house. Amen? The church is the house of God. The Bible tells us that he doesn't exist in a tabernacle made with hands anymore. He exists and he lives in the hearts of humanity. And so as we talk about building the church, I want you to understand and remember that you are the local church, that you are a brick in the building. Amen. Nobody is the local church by themselves. Okay. Nobody's an island. You can't say I am the church, but we can say we are the church. Right? So let's talk about next steps for just a second. Um, and uh, Brianna, I want you to just share that, yeah. that intro part. We, um, so next steps is a growth track, which kind of guides you to discover your redemptive purpose and live the life God created you for. Mm. Um, it's made up of four steps that equip you to, one, connect to the church, connect to this church, to your local church, um, to discover your strengths and your purpose your purposeful design. Number three, to develop your personal leadership. And then number four, to use these God-given gifts to make a difference in the lives of others. Um, So the content we will cover will help you connect and serve Mm. no matter where where you're planted. Um, But it's just important that you do that, that we all are all connecting, that we're all serving. Um, Amen. Yeah. And it's important for us to say that, too, because we got people watching online right. uh, and, and so forth. So we want to make sure that this is applicable to everybody, okay? Um, so as Brianne said, there are four steps that we cover, and uh, each session covers two of those steps. So today's, today's discussion is going to cover the first two steps. Next week, we'll cover the last two steps, okay? And um, those first two steps are... Number one, become a partner. Explore the ministry of High Country Christian Church and find out how you can connect to the church. And then number two is talking about discovering your design. So we're going to dive into the details of your personality and your gifts. And we've got a take home that you can take with you this morning. Okay, it's going to be a lot of fun. And you'll discover some things about how God has gifted you. Uh, and how God has wired your personality. It's wonderful when you can connect to the part of the body of Christ that God has built you for. Can you say amen, amen to that? Amen. So amen. Um, let's um, talk a little bit about our story. For yeah, a second. our story, you know, I was born and raised here. Josh is from Niagara Falls. Um, yeah. So we, we landed here in God's country. Um, amen. But so we, this church really began as a dream in the hearts of especially Josh at first, um, and then me back in 2007. Yep. While we were living in Fort Myers, we were just newly married. We you were serving serving in our local church there, which Josh's dad pastored, and mm-hmm. Josh was leading worship. Um, so it definitely took some time for it to come to pass, but we stayed committed to the dream. And then October of 2013, um, the church was born. High Country yeah. Christian Church was born. We had three families committed, and we had just under $500 in the bank. Mm-hmm. So we just launched out in faith, and we never yeah. looked back. So, you Amen. know, um, you got to start somewhere, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. We, we yeah. didn't, um, we either, well, there really is no rule book on planting churches by right. any means, but if there was, 
we didn't know whatever those rules were. Right. So we just said, okay, we just said, if there was a book, we didn't read it. Um, we just said, we're going we're gonna to go with this vision that God has put in our hearts, and we're going to figure it out along the way. Yeah. Um, the first thing that God ever said to me in prayer time back in Florida uh, was the phrase, and you've probably heard me say this if you've been around here for long enough, uh, the phrase strong families. That was the first word that the Lord ever gave us about what High Country Christian Church could be. Uh, and it was about building strong families. And I believe that that's because that's a big desire in God's heart. Yeah. Um, Brianne, being from this area, grew up in this area, we would come here in vacation even prior to moving here, and we would see so much hurt in people's hearts. People that we know they had it all together on the outside, but there was still underneath, there was so much hurt, uh, and there was so, much, so many things happening, and we said, the Lord wants to fix that in the hearts of people. Yeah. And I don't believe that's just unique to Boone. I think right. everybody, there's people everywhere that have hurts in their heart, obviously. Yeah. But, but because this was where we were called, we got to see it. The Lord showed it to us firsthand. And so, um, so he, he, he put in our hearts families, and then he put in our hearts freedom. The second thing that the Lord spoke to me about was about taking people beyond the boundaries of where they had been in their relationship with the Lord before, that there had been religion and religious spirits that had prevented people from accessing the power of God and the presence of the Lord so that people could experience real and genuine freedom. So the first thing God spoke to us about was families. The second thing he talked to us about was freedom. And then he's been speaking to us about hope about the power of hope, about the fact that God wants your life to be filled with hope and expectation for a bright future, yes. that it should be and can be better tomorrow than it is right now. And so I believe that these are the things that the Lord has set in the foundation of our church, families, freedom, and hope. And we're going we're gonna to be, you're going to hear us talking a whole lot more about hope as time goes on, not just today, but in the weeks to come. So um, so let's talk for just a second about the vision of the church and what our prayer for you is. Paul says in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Mm -hmm. Brianne's going to read that from the message. Listen to this. This um, is so good. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19 in the message says, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. Mm. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. Amen. Grasp the immensity of his glorious way of, of this glorious way of life he ha, that he has for his followers. Amen. See, that's this, this first part here is where we get to talk about mm -hmm. the vision of what High Country Christian yeah. Church is here for. Uh, what is our vision? Um, it, it can be encapsulated into four points. Um, if you were around at the, at the beginning of 2020, we did an entire series on this. In fact, we took the whole month of February to talk through each of these four points of vision. But I want to give them to you again uh, just quickly as we go through here. Our, um, our vision 
so that you understand how it, what it's made of. Our vision, it follows our basic spiritual journey that every person, every believer goes, goes on, okay? From the time you get saved to the time that you die or Jesus comes back, whatever happens first. Uh, from that moment, you're on a journey with God. Yeah. You, know, you, 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 you meet Jesus like Paul did on the road to Damascus, and you're on a journey with the Lord. And each of us go through at least four steps, and that's what our vision uh, talks about. As Christians, our spiritual journey consists of these four basic steps. Number one, that you know Jesus. And you can follow us up on the screen here. For those that are watching online, uh, we hope that you can see the screen really well. We did our best to make it visible to you guys uh, who are watching online. So number one, our vision is that you know Jesus. Uh, if you don't know Jesus, you can't really get anywhere in the kingdom of God. That's kind of you know the entrance exam, yeah. okay? Uh, so that you know Jesus. And, and we just read it in Ephesians chapter 1 that we would know him better personally, God wants us to know him personally. He's a personal God. Can you say amen? He's a personal God, and he wants us to know him intimately and personally. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples of all the nations. We have an incredible opportunity and responsibility to make disciples of the nations of the world, and we can't do that unless they know Jesus. So the first part of our vision is that people know Jesus. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, the second part is to connect and to grow. Mm. And um, we'll be talking about that this morning, just how to connect. And then how are we growing? Mm -hmm. In Ephesians 4.16, it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And that's what we as the church, we need to be looking out for each other. We're connected. Yeah. We're all growing. When one person isn't healthy, we're going to be there and we're going to help them get back to that healthy Amen. place. Amen. That's right. Um, in James 5.16, the word says, therefore confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. And that's just another way you're healed. I know I'm healed. My, my country comes out of me. But that's just another way for us to stay connected. We're going to yeah. pray for each other. Amen. We're going to believe for the very best for each other. That's right. Um, and we'll all be healthy that Amen. way. Yeah. Number three is discover your purpose. We, everybody needs to discover our purpose. It feels when you're going through life with nothing to reach for, or no dreams or visions or goals, your purpose is lost. You feel like, well, what, what am I here for? Yeah. You know, that's when it's easy to kind of fall away, um, to just retreat. So we really want to help you to discover your purpose. Um, Romans 12, 6 says that we all have different gifts according to the grace that was given to us. Amen. God has gifted each of us with something very special and unique yes. that the body needs. Um, yeah. And the unbelievers need as well. That's right. First Corinthians twelve twenty seven says that all of you together are Christ's body. Amen. And each of you is a part of it. Amen. And that's where that purpose comes in. That's exactly right. And see, the the fourth point is the fourth point of vision is that you make an impact. So you'll you'll hear us talk about this a lot. That we know Jesus. That we connect and grow. That we discover our purpose and that we make an impact. A lot of people want to make an impact but they don't necessarily know Christ. Right. 
or they are not growing. They're not connected the way that they ought to be. Or, to Brienne's point, they haven't discovered their purpose yet. They don't know how God has gifted them, so they don't know how to make an impact. Um, but we believe we're called to make an impact. Uh, Jesus said in John 15 that it was the Father's desire that we bear much fruit in the kingdom of God. How many of you know that what God has done with you shouldn't stop with you? What he has done in you should go through you and become a benefit to those around you. So we believe very much in making an impact. So there you go. Four points of our basic, or four basic points of our vision. Know Jesus, connect and grow, discover your purpose, and make an impact. Now, the first point I want to drill into is know Jesus. And you heard me teach about this, so I'm going to do this as quickly and as possible. Um, but knowing Jesus is what equates to our Sunday mornings as a church. Sunday mornings, uh, one of the probably the main emphasis, not probably the main emphasis, is that we expose the community to Jesus. That we bring people into an interaction with Jesus. Amen. How many of you can say your life has changed because you interacted with Jesus? Amen. That is the story of the Christian walk is that, hey, I once was blind, but now I see. I, I, I was going this direction. I had an encounter with a man, and he changed my life. I had an encounter with the, with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he changed my life. So Sunday mornings are all about knowing Jesus. And uh, you'll discover as we continue through this that each one of those four points of vision correlates to a different area of what the church does, okay? So number one, know Jesus. It's all about Sunday mornings. Our Sunday morning services focus on four different values, and you can follow along on the screen. Number one, our Sunday services focus on celebration. It ought to be fun to come to church, amen? How many of you want to go to a dead church? Praise God. No, of course not. Be like going to a carnival and all the rides are broken. Like that's pointless, right? I want to come to church and when I encounter Jesus, I want it to be a celebration. That's why we worship. That's why we sing. That's why we have a good time. That's why we're smiling, you know, because we actually are happy people and we want you to be happy too because we know Jesus. Uh, we believe that church should be enjoyable. Psalm 122 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. This ought to be an enjoyable time when we gather together. Number two, our Sunday services focuses on worship and on the presence of the Lord. We believe that church should be a place where people experience God's presence. Amen. Psalm 1611, you've heard us quote this many times. You teach me the way of life in your presence is fullness of joy. I like the way it reads in the CEB. It says, in your presence is total celebration. Yeah. How many of you think that the presence of the Lord should be total celebration, yeah. man? Should be a good time, amen? Yeah. Number three, we believe that our Sunday mornings should be all about teaching and training in the word of God. Yeah. We can't build something on something other than the word of God, That's amen? Right. Yeah. You gotta have a firm foundation. Yeah. The Bible teaches us that the man who built his house on the rock was the one who was able to be sustained. Yeah. So we believe church should be a place where people learn how the Bible applies to their lives. Yeah. Uh, and the, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that the gifts of pastor and apostle and prophet and teacher and evangelist, these were given to equip people to do the work of the ministry. Mm -hmm. So we believe that part of our job is to give you spiritual equipment that uh, Sunday mornings be a time of equipping the body of Christ. And then number four, 
We believe that church should be a place where people can come and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Church should be about salvation. In fact, it's my goal for, the, for our church that we see people saved here every single Sunday. Yeah. That is my goal. Thank you for that raucous silence. Yeah. Uh, it's my goal that we, pray, that we see people come to know Jesus every single Sunday. What are we doing if we're not seeing people saved? Can I ask you that question bluntly? Amen. What the heck are we doing if we're not seeing people saved? Amen. I know that just got really intense for a second, but it's true. It's, it's a question that honestly, Brian and I asked ourselves when we began to really dig into this vision and what next steps was going to mean and how we, how we set the culture and the tone of our church. We're like, we can't just come to church and have a, have a time unto ourselves. Right where we have fun, but nobody else gets changed. Yeah. This is what the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, we need to think about the lost more than we think about ourselves. So Amen. Yeah. So Sunday morning, when we talk about knowing Jesus, every time we say that phrase, what I want you to hear is Sunday mornings is a time where we see the lost get saved, right. where, the, where Watauga County and Boone know who Jesus is. Yeah. Amen. Because yeah. we provide a firsthand introduction. What do you think about that? Good. Doesn't that sound good? So uh, how do we share Christ with others? Jesus said in Luke 14 that we should go out into the country in the highways and the byways and compel people to come in. Uh, how do we do that? Number one, we accept the personal responsibility. Yeah. It's your job to get people saved. If you're in the body of Christ, you, you should be getting people saved. I should be getting people saved. Yeah. Number two, we build a personal relationship with people. Yeah. Find folks you have friendships with mm -hmm. and begin to speak to them about how good Jesus has been to you. Number three, share your personal story. I bet that if we went around the room today, everybody's got a story of how Jesus has impacted their lives. Yes. What a great place to start okay. sharing your faith. Amen. Yep. And then number four, give a personal invitation. Get them saved on the spot or bring them to church and we'll get them saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. So knowing Jesus, what's it all about? It's all about Sunday mornings and seeing people come to Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Number two is connect and grow. Yeah, number two, connect and grow. So we do believe that life changes, that life change happens in the context of relationships. Amen. Um, right. And this section is really where we focus on our small groups. Mm -hmm. um, and those really are just to bring people together. That's the whole point of small groups. Yeah. Um, God created us to live in community with others. And that's when we can truly experience his fullness. Yes. When we're living in relationship, when we have that accountability, when we have that encouragement with one another, because it's hard when you don't have that. That's um, right. So small groups, they just give us these three things, um, and it's really cool because small groups are starting this week, so we're yeah. excited to talk about this today. Um, they provide a place for people to connect with others. Um, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 9.22. Yes, whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. So again, just like Josh was saying, when we share our story with others, like, let's find common ground. And that's what we get to do when we're in small groups. We get to yeah. learn about each other. Oh, wow, you like that too? That's great. I love pasta or, you know. Yeah, glory um, to God. Yeah, so that's what Josh would say. Hallelujah. Um, yes, yes, I love dogs. No, I don't like cats. You know, whatever. Um, <laughs> sorry, you cat lovers. Amen. I know. Um, but yeah, it's a place to connect. And... Number two, small groups are also a place to protect each other. Yeah, so that's right. So 
1 John 3.16 says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. So when we're coming to small groups and we're connecting with others, we're also protecting them. We're protecting the things that they tell us. We're protecting the things that they hold special and valuable without judgment or without condemnation. Um, Number three, small groups, they provide us a place to grow together. Um, It's so much better to do life with others that you're connected with. It's Mm. nice to celebrate. Oh, my gosh, way to go, Josh. I'm so proud of you for doing that. Um, Look at you. Oh, my gosh, you've grown so much. That would have sent you in a tizzy, but you held it together. I mean, all those things. We get to be aware of that when we see each other more than just once a week. That's you know, right. when we see when we get to see each other twice a week and then that builds, oh yeah, let's grab coffee, whatnot, you know. Um, it's just that connection piece again. So we want to grow with each other. It's important um, too that, that yeah. people people grow when they are connected. Right. Things right. that are disconnected don't grow. If you cut a branch off of a tree it stops growing. That's the right. tree keeps growing but the branch dies. So uh, connect growth is directly linked to connection. Mm-hmm. And so the more we are able to connect in smaller settings outside of just Sunday mornings, right. the more growth that actually happens in our life. That's good, yeah. 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 Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That's and that's right. what we're going to see that's happen yeah. as we connect, as we protect each other, and as we grow together. Amen. Um, so... I wanted to tell you a little bit about our small group models, and you may have heard some of this, but they really are, we want, our heart is to base them on the early church in Acts. Mm. Um, you know, they came together to, the, to meet in people's homes. They shared meals together. Mm. They hung out every day. In Acts, yeah. they came together every day. When somebody didn't have enough money, they would sell everything. I would sell what I had to take care of this person. Yeah. That's what the early church did. And so that's kind of our basis for small groups. We yeah. do want it to be like, We're coming together on a regular basis. We're going to meet together. We're going to help each other out. Um, I'll read Acts 5, 42. It says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Amen. Praise God. That's awesome. Um, So... Our groups are always changing and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we really are starting this kind of like an, it's called open market. So in order to provide these open market small groups, it empowers leaders within the church say, oh, I've got a passion to lead this. Vanessa said, I really want to re- lead an outreach um, small group. So she took that. CAC said, I've got this amazing study on transforming our minds. And then um, the same with Josh and Angela. They they were really into this book by Robert Morris, and they wanted to go ahead and read the second one. So the open market one kind of provides um, the opportunity for everybody to lead. It kind of raises up leaders. Mm-hmm. It provides um, an opportunity for everybody to get involved yeah. so that it's it's really honed in towards people's interests and what, so it's not just one big thing. Yeah, and if you ever want to lead, if you feel the Lord stirring you in an area, maybe of marriage, of raising kids, of finances, of, um, oh, I want to do a running one, um, you know, we're going to get together and weave, I don't know, let me know. Weave. And we uh, we would love for you to... Um, did you just say yeah. we're going to get together and we're weave? We're going to weave, weave, weave baskets. Sorry, that sounds great. I bet they did that in yeah, Acts, don't you be, think so, yeah. in the early church? That's right. So, anyway. That's a, well, that's yeah. a good point because 
are the groups are both of a practical and a spiritual nature. Right. It doesn't have to be a Bible study. It can be gathering together to weave baskets. If that's, right. If exactly. That's what you know. Yes. Scratches yeah. your itch, then that's fine. Let's that's do it. That's right. So um, and and yeah, you you connect with other people and you have common ground. So yes, um, yes. This this is a method for small groups that we're really, really excited about. We are, about. yes. So, yep. yeah, um, in the past, we've just kind of chosen the one that the Lord has kind of put on our heart or it's been men and women. So we're going to go We're gonna go this route. Yeah. Um, awesome. I want to speak to you about number three, discover your purpose. Mm. So this class really does exist to kind of help you discover and develop your purpose and live the life that God created you to in its fullness. Yeah. Um, so the growth track is made up of four different steps, which guide you through next steps in your journey to know Jesus, to get connected, to find your purpose, and to make an impact. Yes. Um, and Hebrews 6.1 says, let us move, move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Yeah. And so again, this is, this is calling us up. When we're discovering our purpose, we're going to come up in the things of the Lord. Um, Amen. So, so... As Brian said, this third part of discovering your purpose directly correlates to next steps. So again, this would normally be what we're doing today would be normally a class, you know, in one of the classrooms. There'd be a few of us gathered around a table. But so it's a little bit, it looks a little bit different since we're doing it in this format. But there are the four steps that next steps takes you through. Number one is becoming a partner. This is where you explore the ministry of High Country Christian Church. We talk through it as we're talking through it now. Um, and it's something that we like to emphasize. I actually learned this concept from my pastor, Pastor Jonathan Del Turco, um, that they, their church doesn't have members. They, they pastor a great, awesome church up in, outside of Boston, Massachusetts, and their church has partners rather than members. And I asked him about it. I said, why partners rather than members? And he said that uh, membership is something that looks a lot different now than it used to. It used to be that you would be a member of a church, and that meant that that was your home and that's where you belong. But now, if you think about members, you think about clubs, you think about Costco, you know, uh, where I'm a member, so I have rights and I have privileges. And now, membership in the minds of, of culture today, membership is all about me and what I need. Whereas partnership is all about creating partnerships. Um, I, I wrote this down. Members are in it for themselves. Partners are in it for the cause, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So our church has a cause that God has given us a purpose. And those who partner with our church, um, they're taking part in that purpose and taking part of that cause. So step one of next steps is to become a partner. Step two is to discover your design. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Uh, step three um, and step four, which is next week, um, that is all about developing your discipleship and developing your own personal leadership. Mm -hmm. Because we believe everybody should be leading. Mm -hmm. Everybody should be a leader. We should all be taking part in leadership in the body of Christ. Uh, the first thing we do is we learn to lead ourselves. And then um, we learn to how to lead others right. as God would have us do. So, and then step four is to join the team. So we're excited about that. And we'll be talking about those two steps next week. Um, then number four, of course, is that we make an impact. Uh, the fourth point of the vision is to make an impact. All of us were created by God to make a difference. And making an impact has to do with connecting to one of our legacy teams and serving here in the church and serving out in the community. Um, Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's handiwork, 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared beforehand for us to walk in. We believe that your life is not fulfilling until you're serving. And I want to say that, and I really want you to, to hear my heart in it. Uh, we don't need just warm bodies here, you know, greeting. And so that's not what this is about. Uh, this isn't about recruitment. This is about trying to help each and every person connect to what God has gifted them to do and begin to take their giftings and work and utilize uh, those giftings in the body of Christ. So uh, we believe that there's no great divide between the ministers and the congregation. Uh, everybody has something they can do to impact the lives of others in, this, in the kingdom of God. Amen. Okay? Um, and so every person is uniquely gifted and every task is very important. Yeah. Uh, so we want to discover what you do well. We want to help you discover what you do well and then take steps to use your gifts to make a difference. So uh, we'll be talking more about that next week. You'll be able to uh, discover how you can join a legacy team and start the the uh, final step. Now, I want to talk to you for just a couple moments, and I'll go through this quickly because I don't want to get bogged down. Y'all doing okay this morning? Is this okay for you? Uh, I, I want you to know who we are as a church. This stuff's really important. Uh, let me talk to you for just a second about our church government at High Country Christian Church, how we are established and how we operate. We think that believers who invest their hearts and their time and their families and their finances in the local church deserve to have confidence in their church leadership. Mm -hmm. Can you say amen to that? Amen. People are looking for leaders who conduct themselves with integrity and respect making decisions that affect their lives. We don't just make decisions to affect our lives. Yeah. We want, we, and when we make decisions for the church, we know that it's affecting everybody. We are constantly working to earn your trust. And the following is our structure of accountability to ensure the protection of the partners of High Country Christian Church. Number one, we're guided by executive leaders. We have an executive leadership team that is led by myself, and this team oversees the day-to-day -day ministry pulse of the church. These are volunteer leaders who serve the congregation, and they oversee legacy teams, and they're responsible for the development of the church. Uh, we meet with our legacy, or excuse me, we meet with our executive leadership team uh, as regularly as possible. Obviously, COVID threw our schedule off quite profoundly, um, but we are now getting back to the regular rhythm of our leadership meetings. And then we are protected, we're guided by executive leaders, and we are protected and strengthened by pastors and advisors. So we have an external advisory team that communicates with us and exists for the accountability and protection of my wife and I. We believe that no leader should be without a leader. Yeah. Like my pastor says, every pastor needs a pastor. And it's very important for us to communicate to you that we're not just out here doing things willy-nilly. We have people that we're accountable yeah. to. Amen. I hope that, can you say amen to that? Because that's like, amen. that's really important for you guys. Okay. Um, so we have, uh, we're protected and strengthened by pastors and advisors. They are well-seasoned and respected men and women who love High Country Christian Church, and they're willing to provide spiritual oversight and protection to our pastors and to our church. Our pastoral covering is pastors Jonathan and Verna Del Turco 
of International Family Church in North Reading, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. You can visit their website, internationalintlfamilychurch.com, if you want to know more about them. And uh, hopefully they'll be coming here pretty soon uh, once things kind of continue to calm down. They were split, we were originally going to have them come here in the month of July, and of course that got sidelined. But um, our advisory board is made up of three men: Pastor Randy Thurman, that's my dad. Most of y'all know him. He pastors Niagara Falls Christian Church up in Niagara Falls, New York. Reverend Ron Yutzi, who is the director of the Word for You Today in Atlanta, Georgia, and he's a dear, lifelong friend. Uh, and mentor to me. He's one of my dad's best friends. And then most of you know Perry Conklin. Used to be a member of our church here before uh, the devil led him and his family down to Winston-Salem. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, God led, the Spirit of God led them to Winston-Salem, and they are flourishing down there. Um, And one of the cool things was as he was able to step out of the covering of our church, he still gets to take part in in shaping and leading the church uh, as becoming a member of the advisory team. And so we just had a meeting with them this past week. We met with all three of them. And guys, it was phenomenal. We had the best meeting with our advisory team I think that we've ever had. So uh, good things are coming. Let me tell you what, good things are coming for High Country Christian Church. Um, Next, let me talk to you about church finances. Each Sunday, uh, we take up a tithe and an offering, and we give opportunity for those to, um, to give into the to local church here. We practice tithing and giving for the support of Christ's body, for the church as God commands. Giving is one of the central themes in the Bible. Uh, and to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus, we must also understand what it means to be a giver. And that is very biblically based. We uh, We could read Malachi chapter 3, which talks about bringing tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Uh, 1 Corinthians 16 uh, reads from the Message Bible, every Sunday each of you make an offering and put it in safekeeping. Be as generous as you can. When I get there, you'll have it ready, and I won't have to make a special appeal. We believe, number one, in tithes, tithing or first fruits of our labor or income belong to God. We find this principle all through God's word, tithing, or the giving of our first 10% of our income to the local church is the primary practical way that we are able to acknowledge that God is first. And you can read more about that in Proverbs chapter 3, where it talks about bringing all the first fruits to God. And then secondly, we believe in offerings. An offering is giving over and above the tithe. And the Bible says that by giving generously, we are able to take hold of the life that is truly life. You aren't really living unless you are freely giving. I believe that with all of my heart. We want people to understand that as they give to High Country Christian Church, they're giving to God through the church. They're not giving to the church. Um, And they're considered, this is not considered to be a business transaction, but an expression of gratitude. Toward God, Amen. And we're very, we're very uh, transparent about our finances. We have nothing to hide uh, because we believe that's the way that it's supposed to be. And so uh, that's part of the culture that we've got here. Um, now we want to kind of land the plane today and and wrap up by talking about discovering your gifts and the callings that God has put in your life's lives as individuals. And as we said before, we have a, a little take-home packet for you to take with you when we conclude today that is like a, a personality profile test, and you can take it, and you can, you can uh, 
take it with your spouse and grade each other and see how accurate and how honest your answers really were. Uh, it's really good to do with, with your spouse uh, for those who are married. So um, as we conclude today, let's talk about discovering your gifts. As we go through the discovery of our gifts and the callings that God's put on our lives, I want you guys to think about the following three things. When we give you this, we're going to send you home with this disc profile. And uh, as you fill these things out and start to understand more about how God has wired you, I want you to think about the following three things. Number one, what are my gifts and my passions? What are the things that, that God has wired you to be passionate about? Oftentimes, your passions will reveal where your giftings are. Mm -hmm. your, your passions will reveal where your calling is. Isn't it interesting that um, when, you, when you get saved, God, God begins to drop things in your heart that you begin to notice, and you begin to get passionate about certain things maybe that you weren't passionate about before? Uh, there's a reason for that. It's because God has, is showing you a place where you can serve in his body. So the first question is, what are my gifts and passions? Romans 12 says, we have differing gifts according to the grace that is given to us. Number two, we ask the question, what are my life experiences? What are the things that you've experienced in life that uniquely position you to be a blessing to somebody? You may have a skill set or a life experience that uniquely positions you to minister to somebody else with that life experience, right? Maybe, maybe you're an amazing woodworker. Okay, and uh, you've been building cabinets for your whole life, and all of a sudden, God pl plops you into a place where you're amongst a bunch of unsaved people that share the same desire and passion and craft as you. Well, how many of you know you're there for a reason? Yeah. God put you in that place for a reason. Here you are with a bunch of comrades that do the same thing you do. It's a great opportunity for you to start talking to them about the gospel. Yeah. Amen. And then the third thing is, what are my pain and my testimony? What, what is the pain? What is the thing that God has redeemed you from? Yeah. I'm not talking about your current pain. Okay, if you've got current pain, we can pray for you. We'll take care of that. I'm talking about what has God redeemed your life from? As you look over your shoulder and look at your testimony, you can say, man, I used to be A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I used to be this. I used to be abused. I used to be addicted. I used to be broken. I used to be whatever the case may be. And as you look over your shoulder, you can say, what is my testimony? And what are the pains that God took me out of? I guarantee you, that is one of the places you are gifted by God to serve. Yeah. When we're talking about discovering your purpose and your unique yeah. gifting, I guarantee, guys, that it's connected to a place that you've experienced yeah. redemption. Right. If you've experienced, the Bible says, whom the Son is set free is free indeed. If you've been freed in an area, yeah. your, your new job, your new marching orders is to go back to the place you used to be bound and find some others who were bound like you so that you can help them to get free. Can you say amen? See, that's part of what we're talking about. What has God redeemed me from? Mm -hmm. So as you, as you go, as you take your homework home this week and fill out these things and you're asking questions, the, the paper is asking questions of you. As you're answering those questions, think about these three things. What are my yeah. gifts and my passions? Right. What are my life experiences? And what is my testimony and what does it reveal about the pain that I used to be in? before I knew Jesus. Amen? Right. Now, Brian's going to talk to us and close with this idea that design reveals yeah. destiny. So we, yeah, we like to say now that your design reveals your destiny. 
And so in Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14, the scripture says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Mm. Um, you know, and there's God designed us all for a special purpose. Amen. And he, with very specific traits, with very specific gifts, gifts. And so we want to help you to discover your gifts. Amen. We want to help you to develop them and then to use your gifts. Yes. Um, really, our purpose is to serve God by serving others. So That's whatever right. those gifts are, you're going to be serving God by serving others. Um, yeah, up on the screen, you can see that... Well, no, I read that. I read a different part. Um, yeah, we're just... This part, the best place to look. Uh, yeah, okay. So really, the best place to look for your gifts and your passions and your callings is in how God designed you. Yeah, I what know. are you passionate about? I'm passionate about children with disabilities. So mm-hmm. I know that that is a gifting. I'm gifted to work with those children. Um, what are you drawn to? Is there a certain population that you're drawn to? Is there a certain interest that you have? And so you really need to hone in on that and say, mm-hmm. well, God, you gave me this desire. How can I use it to serve you and to serve others? Um, and so that's just one thing that we really hope this DISC fro- profile helps you with. And we just encourage you to ask the Lord, show me these things. Yeah. I'm not using these gifts. Do I need to be? And sometimes there's seasons. You know, we go through seasons where, yeah. okay, it's going to be on hold for now, but just keep, you know, keep bringing it up before the Lord. Yeah, we want to make sure we're growing. Are you amen. growing in your life? Amen. Um, yeah. So those three things we were talking about this last night uh, as we were reviewing our notes again and um, those, those three things that Brianne mentioned, the discover my gifts, develop my gifts, and use my gifts, we said that those should just be life goals, right? Yeah. This is just, you know, every, that's like a hashtag everybody's using right now, life goals. Well, these should be our life goals. Right. Uh, I should have a goal to discover how God has gifted me, right. how I should develop the gifting. See, the gift comes from him, but the development of the gift comes from you. Amen. Uh, We we, we don't want to be the wicked servant that gets to heaven and holds up the gifts that God gave us and says, here it is. You gave it to me. Here, I'm giving it back to you. He's going to say, you wicked, lazy servant, you didn't use what I gave you. So discovering our gifts is on God. Developing those gifts is on us. And then using those gifts is on both of us together. Amen. Isn't that so cool? God shows you how you're gifted. You take the responsibility to hone and shape that gifting in your own life. And then you partner with God from now until forever to use the gifts that he put inside of you. Amen. So Brianne said it perfectly. Our purpose is to serve God by serving other people. And I would venture to say, babe, that um, as we've been talking about this, uh, for you guys out there and for those who are watching, I would venture to guess if I was a betting man, I would bet that as we're talking about this, stuff's happening on the inside of your heart. I would, I would venture to guess that the Lord has spe- is speaking to you, that little things are popping up on the inside. Oh, I'm reminded about how I was gifted in this area. Oh, I'm reminded about I have a passion for this part of the community. Oh, I, I have a passion for this. I have a passion for that. I want to just encourage you to lean into that. Uh, especially as you go through the, uh, the DISC profile. We're going to hand you out these. There's, it's a five-page packet. It um, has a little 
20-question test at the beginning of it. It's super-duper easy to do. Um, And it's going to show you, it's going to spit out results and show you what your personality type is like. And I know this might be uncomfortable for people that don't want to know who they are, but I'm I'm here to tell you, you you won't be effective in the kingdom of God until you know what God has put in you. And you really won't truly be satisfied until you're able to serve. Um, we, We were talking with Pastor Jonathan some months back, and I was talking to him about how, how do I as a pastor communicate the value and the importance of serving? And he said to me, he said, he said, I stopped apologizing, Josh, years ago. He said, I stopped apologizing for asking people for their time. I stopped apologizing for asking them for their talent. And I stopped apologizing for asking them for their treasure. Because he said, until you live a life of service and giving, you will not be fulfilled in the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. And that is absolutely the truth. Yeah, we, we tend to look at the people who get burned out on serving. We get nervous that we're going to do too much. But I'm here to tell you, when, God, when you're in partnership with God, serving is the lifestyle that you and I were created for. Amen. Jesus himself said, the son of man did not come to be served, but he came to serve. And so as I asked my pastor, how do I communicate this? How do I do it in a way that's not offensive to people? He said, if they know you and they know your heart, they won't be offended. He said, tell people and remind people that they need to serve because they need to serve, not because the church needs them to serve. We have a, there's this desire on the inside of every one of us that is not fulfilled until we are in a place where we are serving the body of Christ. And it starts in the church, but it's not supposed to stay in the church either. It's supposed to go out the four walls of the church, and it's supposed to impact the community. We need to, we need to in this next year that's coming, develop and be so intentional to develop a culture in our church that is outward-facing. We're not just here for us, guys. We're here for the community. Amen? Amen. And I believe there's tremendous fulfillment when we engage in the plan and purpose of God in that way. Amen? So... On your way out, you're going to receive a packet like this. It's five pages long. I want you to, this week, and like I said, you can do this with your spouse, and be honest about these questions. It's going to ask you to, uh, to rate with a number, zero being rarely or never, one being rarely, two being sometimes, three being often, four, four being always. So let me give you a sample question. It says, I thrive in a challenging-based environment. And then you got to score that, zero through four. And at the end of it, it's going to give you a total, and you're going to write your total in, and it's going to tell you, it's going to give you a letter. And then you follow in the key that goes with it and find out what your letter represents. And what's going to be cool is if you've done this correctly, when you get to this part where you start to read, you should be reading the story of your life. It's going to sound like so familiar to you. You're going to go, oh my gosh, they nailed me. They, they, this is exactly who I am. Have you ever done this before? You ever taken a personality profile? It is, I know it maybe sounds a little hokey and unspiritual. It is so incredibly valuable. As your pastor, I want you to trust me in this, okay? This stuff is super duper valuable. So we're going to give you this, and we want you to uh, fill it out. Now, if you're watching online and you can't take one of these packets home with you, would you email the church, email pastor at highcountrychristian.com. We will send you this PDF instead of, uh, we'll email it to you instead of giving it to you in hard copy. Now, when we come back next week, 
We're going to go through steps three and four, which is all about developing your personal leadership and your personal discipleship. How many of you want to grow with Jesus? Don't you want to deepen as a disciple? So next week, that's what we're going to focus on. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.